welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Mali Ponpadit, and I am here today with Deb Chandler. Deb is the CEO and co-founder of Kick Fanny Media Group and the strategic partner with Acumen Technologies and Acumen TV. I'm delighted to have you, Deb, because we have so much to talk about and so much to share. Thank you so much for honoring us with your time. Well, you are welcome, Molly. I am very excited to be here and to to share this time with you and your wonderful audience. Thank you so much. So can you tell us what the heck is Kick Fanny? What does it mean? What does it stand for? (laughs) Well, it's um, so Kick Fanny is um, something that I kind of grew up with in Texas um, we don't know how to, to, to get put down in Texas. We're a big state. We kind of think we're, you know, our own, our own country there. Um, but it's just kind of a, a, a go to it, stick to it, rise above everything kind of attitude. Um, and when I decided to put a company together to help entrepreneurs go to, the, to another level and to grow their companies, my business partner, who is also from Texas, said, that is kick ass. And I said, yes, that it is, but we can't use that. <laughs> so we settled on kick Fanny, and it's K-I-C-K-F-A-N-N-I-E. Um, so that's what we settled on, and that's where it came from. And uh, one entrepreneur friend of ours who is with a company that was acquired by Mercedes-Benz, uh, the company's name was Ride Scout. Um, Craig Cummings said, do not change that name. No matter what anybody tells you, do not change that name because it's memorable. That's right. Well, it's the, the marketing and branding world. It definitely is memorable. So I'm going to ask you uh, what Kick Fanny is all about, but let's, re- let's go back in time a little bit. Um, the, the road to entrepreneurship, uh, it, it wasn't like you just woke up and said, I'm going to be a CEO and I'm going to, you know, start this business. Uh, how did, how did it come to be that you basically made this decision that you, you were meant to be an entrepreneur? You were meant to, uh, have your own business and go out there and help other entrepreneurs do the same. Well, I believe that entrepreneurs are, are, are maybe born and not created to some extent because we, we are always looking toward the future and how to change things and, and how to um, go down a path that we see much farther in advance than most individuals do. And, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I have always known since I was a little girl growing up that there were always bigger things out there for me. So I've always been in search of those things. And knowing that those doors open, I I left high school and started acting uh, at a very young age, which I did during high school also, 
ended up being a print model in Europe, which, you know, who would have written that for me? Uh, came back to the U.S., worked in Atlanta in theater, and then um, took a geographical cure and moved to Washington, D.C., and used my PR and communications uh, degree for working on the Hill. And I think that all of these experiences, I worked for the National Association of State Aviation Officials, and then I worked for the RNC when Haley Barber was there during the Dole Kemp campaign. Um, loved real estate, got into that with Conrad K. Fritz and John Freeman and um, Bill Norman, uh, working for those guys and ended up working for Bob Kettler on the development side. So I have a lot of different interests that ended up getting me to a point where I was, you know, running my own business as, um, as a wealth manager for uh, a company that I can't name (laughs) and (laughs) on air, I'm sorry. Um, that business has, you know, is up for sale now, which is, you know, a, I'm closing the door on something that I've been around for 23 years and, but it's exciting uh, because I'm going back to roots that I had very early on, which is a love of entertainment mixed with entrepreneurism. Mm -hmm. And, um, and every day I get up looking for where we're headed next and, and, and following that path. Now, Deb, when when I look, when I hear you speak, and we're looking back in time and all the different pivots you've made, um, were those scary moments, especially when you were changing industries, or are you the type of person who was willing to take the risk and it was exciting and adventurous? Because I think there are different personalities, and even though you take those risks and you go on that road, especially when it's new, uh, some of us um, might take a little bit longer or analyze it longer than others who just, you know, basically will say, okay, that sounds good. I'm willing to take the, the risk and jump. What, what school do you come from? Oh, honey, I'm a jumper. Mm -hmm. I am a jumper. It's, um, when I analyze things, I always look at what the best case scenario is going to be and what the worst case scenario is going to be. Because In any scenario, it's going to be a combination of both. That's just the bottom line. There's going to be days that you wonder, as an entrepreneur, what the heck prompted you (laughs) to go in this direction? And if you do not have that, you know, special sauce to, to pull your, you know, bootstraps up and move on from that, you will never make it in business. Um, People that are too risk averse are not going to do well. They're, they're going to really almost suffer. And I've seen it. This was one of the things working in wealth management that prompted me to create kickfanny.com, which is our web source that works with entrepreneurs is because I saw people who started businesses, Malie, that they started it with a passion. They're good at what they do. And the simple daily grind of running a business 
and all the things that that encompasses drags them down a rabbit hole that they're not happy. I saw them filing for divorce. I saw them headed to bankruptcy, not paying themselves. Any number of, you know, of things, wrenches that get thrown in. And it's how you're prepared to handle those things as you, you know, as you move forward. And, and I will say this, my, you know, my significant other and I, who happens to be the founder of Acumen uh, TV and a huge stakeholder in Acumen Technologies, we have our days <laughs> where we have to kind of discuss things. Right. <laughs> and, and we had one of those weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, you know, I love you, but this has not been an easy day, man. <laughs> So, but we manage, you know, we we manage those expectations of each other. And, and I will tell you that one of the hardest things you can do is to be in business with somebody that you love. I, I, I can relate. <laughs> and, and it's not that you don't love them. It's just sometimes they don't always see your vision <laughs> well, <laughs> or, the way you're, or the way you're wishing to execute it. Yeah. And, and, um, and on the other hand, it's such a great blessing as well. You know, you have to make some adjustments, especially like in your case and in my case. You know, my husband's now part of the company. And you realize that some of the ways in which you thought the company was working or the direction it was going, having someone else point of view, having someone that truly is on your team and loves you uh, beyond the business, um, you know that when they share their ideas and their thoughts, it's because they're on your team, which makes a big difference in paying attention to those suggestions and recommendations, even though you might not like it, it's coming from a good place. And it makes well, a difference no. for and, confidence, you know. Well, and I will, I will say now that we're, I've opened this can of worms. Oh boy! <laughs> I say, well, and I think it's, I think it's so important. Um, you know, we have a, a couple of basic rules, and one of them is, as you know, when when we're talking to each other, the other one has to shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> and and. I will admit being, you know, being an A-type personality that has an A-type personality in, you know, in their business plan, we, you know, we have those moments and um, it, it, it's kind of humorous. It's like, okay, now, now may I talk? And, uh, and it's emotional for both of us because we're moving massive, massive, um, plans and initiatives forward right and and sometimes our styles do clash or or whatever and rule number two is we never raise our voice at each other you can you know you can i respect that you have your opinion you respect that i have mine we don't yell each other yell at each other especially if we want to love each other on the flip side of all of this we have to treat each other well and um 
And that's why I get roses every week with an apology before we start the week. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Well, you're right. We could talk a a lot about just being in partnership with a loved one, you know, in my case, um, my husband in your case with someone that you've loved for so many years who truly is your partner and life partner. Uh, There are a lot of business owners out there who are making that decision to bring the family on board, to bring their significant other on board. And it is tricky. um, And at the same time it's tricky it's also a beautiful thing when you understand each other's roles and that you you understand the direction and so and with, I will tell you mm-hmm. I wouldn't be and sorry for interrupting you no I, I wouldn't be in business with anyone else because there's a reason we're together and there's a reason that we uh we function so well together overall so and and that's uh, we are not at each other's throat at all the time and we we really admire one another and we bring different capabilities to the table which i think is you know i could hire somebody to do that but it cost me a lot more than i get him for <laughs> Well, I definitely appreciate that. And you mentioned that he is the founder of the Acumen TV and uh, a major stakeholder in Acumen Technologies. Let's move into that conversation here. What is Acumen Technologies? And then how did that evolve into Acumen TV? Because now you're really um, spearheading the initiative to find independent programming coming to the Acumen TV and uh, radio network. So I'm really excited for you and I'd love for you to share what that actually means for us here in the U.S. and around the world? Well, so I I said moving big initiatives and and truly what we are. So Acumen Technologies Corporation, which is actually based in Mountain View, California. So for all the techies in the audience, that will be no big surprise because there's big ideas that come out of Mountain View and that whole entire area. Uh, in California, is ran by and was founded by a gentleman by the name of Awesome Said. And Awesome actually patented um, a new cell phone, mobile phone, and phablet. So that's between a tablet and a, fa- and a phone, and a tablet that holds a projector in it. It's not a snap-on. It's not an addition to. It's actually built within the devices. We are the first to market with this. It projects, if you'll imagine for just a moment, you've seen it, but the audience hasn't, being able to pick up your Mm -hmm. cell phone and actually um, project a 100-inch screen onto a wall. So you can theoretically, actually not theoretically, you can actually take your phone with you and bring the theater experience into uh, almost any place you go. So wow. that in mind, it's not only an entertainment device. It's a device that really encompasses business and truly education in huge, huge ways. One of our company initiatives across the board is education. We, we 
are wanting to talk to and have connections to speak with a couple of the major players um, in the world to bring literacy initiatives to third world countries. And by that, I mean, you know, take the devices in our tablets where we have a stylist and the teachers can write on them and dock them and use a kinetic energy source to actually, uh, you know, recharge the batteries with or without a um, internet connection. We can load a year's worth of curriculum on a tablet and be able to basically teach in a hut. Wow. And have the teacher not with her back to the students, but walking around the classroom and, and teaching. And it's a miraculous, amazing thing. Now, if you have the internet connection to boot, you can literally feed in almost any university in the world and bring that to maybe an African country or an Asian country or the Middle East or remote areas of Russia. I mean, there's so many, many usages and opportunities out there. And, you know, to me, that changes the world. When you can bring education to where it's not been before, or it's been a struggle to get it there. You have enlightened minds. You have changed thinking. You have, you have given children opportunities that they might not otherwise have had. And that's the bigger picture. Now, that said, are we going to do Acumen TV? Absolutely, we are. We are changing the entire paradigm of how entertainment is now delivered. So for ages 18 to 35, that, that segment of the global population is very connected to their cellular devices and to their tablets. Am I not correct? That's true. Very Absolutely. True. And more and more baby boomers are, you know, really learning so much about technology. They're, they're interested in all this stuff, too. Well, and here we are. Here I am. I am a baby boomer. At 60, that is exactly where I land. And I never in a million years or even five years ago thought this is where I would be. This is not something that was on the table for me. The doors just opened. And again, that entrepreneurism, that spirit, whatever it is, that little thing that drives me to see the future pushed me through that door. So with the launch of the Acumen devices, the way we want to be able to capture the media and entertainment is through our television arm. So Acumen TV was born through, you know, mm -hmm. through that. And um, we, um, we have pushed because originally 
um, awesome did not have uh, a lot of interest in this because, of course, Apple didn't want to share their Apple TV and Netflix wasn't big enough in respect of being a broader platform. So Acumen TV has been developed as an aggregator in respect that you will be able to see your HBO Go, your Hulu, your Showtime, um, all on this network. You will be able to play your games and everything all on this Acumen TV network. And it is a global network. The guys have, we have now orders and delivering over 400 and 65 million devices globally. Wow. Which, when we launch the television network, and I love your reaction there. Wow. I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the last time we spoke offline, it was uh, lower than that. So I'm just, yes, wow. It's, it's, it's globally, it is, it's, it's, very mind-blowing mm -hmm. and and the projections are are much higher by the end of 2018 we are projected to be number two in the num in the mobile um device marketplace Incredible. and that is big for a startup to to come through now a lot of that, that recognition and push initially has been prompted by working with microsoft Microsoft partnered with us on the education side in October of last year, and it really catapulted the company. And um, before that, I would mention Acumen in the technology realm here in Washington, D.C., and I would get blank stares. <laughs> um, but that all changed January of, uh, of this year when Acumen... Uh, actually introduced the Hawk and the Falcon uh, tablet, the Hawk phone and the Falcon tablet at Consumer Electronics uh, Show in Las Vegas. Yahoo Finance wrote about us. Uh, Forbes has written about us. Morningstar's written about just about everybody now has has written about the company and what we're doing. Forbes basically about four weeks ago um, told Apple and Samsung to watch out we were coming. And um, I think that's a pretty nice little recommendation. <laughs> that's that's really fantastic, Deb. I'm yeah, really it is. excited it's for you. It's those are huge numbers and it is mind blowing. Um, and to keep your composure through it all because still the work has to be done. The contracts Absolutely. have to be created. The you know, the the partners have to um, get to the table. And so how are you managing all of that in terms of making sure that all the you know, T's are crossed and I's are dotted, as you would say. We have a big global team. And by I say a big global team, it's small relatively um, in comparison to others, but it's over 75 people. Um, and I say it's between 75 and 90, depending on the week, because it's like who's coming, who's going <laughs> uh, in respect to what they're doing with the launch. So um, 
were very strong in China, very strong in India, very strong in um, in some of the African countries like Ghana, um, Germany, for instance, Spain. Uh, we signed a huge deal with Telefonica, which helps us get the devices out there. Um, countries like India, like India Television, have pre-orders for six million devices because they are cutting the cord. So they were ordered 6 million devices up front and then 3 million every six months for the next three years. My gosh. So imagine being able, when we were talking about taking your phone and being able to project your entertainment or business needs, excuse me, um, you're able to do that globally now. And you're able to, to do it in, in real time. So you could be sitting in Asia in maybe Laos, for instance. That's right. Yay. <laughs> and, and filming something that you were projecting and sending it out to a phone in the U.S. That's just, so that's just, like I said, incredible and mind blowing. I um, am curious to know what has been uh, some of the the rave reviews or even just thoughts around the consumers around the world. Because, again, it's coming here to the U.S. Um, shortly, but it's really been out there already in many, many countries. What has been kind of the feedback? Well, the the number one word that we hear over and over again is wow. (laughs) That's why I I nailed it. That's why when you said, when you kind of whispered wow a minute ago, we get wow more often than not because no one's seen anything like it. And they're like, they're like, wow, what is that? Mm -hmm. I was at the Ritz Carlton uh, last Thursday for a um, Vonage business event and one of the, the national director of Vonage Sales said, well, you know, Deb Chandler, what, what, what does KF Media Group do? And I said, well, we are the independent arm of Acumen Technologies and Acumen TV uh, as far as distribution and acquisition. And he says, Acumen, Acumen, I've heard of that from a technology standpoint. He said, what, what do they do again? And I said, let me show you. So that's the, you know, that's the big leading question is what do they do? Because I'm going to be pulling the phone out and I'm going to be projecting a 100 inch screen with somebody's music video, usually Miley Cyrus's <laughs> um, on, on the ceiling. Wow. And I draw a crowd. I've had men drop their forks in restaurants. And, I think uh, I witnessed that one time. I think you did. I, did. You <laughs> I was that. there. I was there. That was so hilarious. <laughs> dropped his fork and he looks over and he's like, I, I, I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer for a company. He goes, what is that? I need that. Right. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's, that was funny. You know, that's the, um, that's the response that we get globally. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's a very exciting time mm-hmm. to be able to put this technology in people's hands. And the thing about it is, is it's disruptive. I know that's a, an overused term in the technology realm, but it truly is a disruptive technology. It's truly a game changer. We hear all of that. Um, 
on the education side, the, you know, people definitely get the impact of it. And, um, and, and big people with big jobs have seen this and, and they want to see more. They want to see more. And that's, that's very exciting because we will make a lot of money off the devices, but I think everyone has to have a bigger picture and you and I have come together over the bigger picture stuff because money's money and it money is a, um, it's a stepping stone. It's the ability to have options. It, it does not make you happy. That's right. Um, or if it does, it's for, you know, it's, it's for a very fleeting moment. But I think people have to have bigger visions. And the, the creators of this company, the founders of this company, all have bigger visions of how we can take this technology that we've been blessed with and have seven patents on and can take this technology to the world and make a little bit of the world a better place to be. That is that is definitely needed for sure. And, you know, everyone has different channels of doing that. And I think video, uh, streaming, entertainment, all of those are powerful ways to get messages out there to create change and to, to bring awareness to issues that, you know, a lot of people don't have access to. Or maybe they're oversaturated with a lot of um, sensationalism. But what about some of the programmings that really show the grassroots efforts of of everyday people doing extraordinary things. So I want to now kind of move into the independent programming realm. What are some, what are, what are your visions, especially under the Kick Fanny arm, uh, media group arm, where you're bringing uh, the, this content to the streaming platform, to Acumen TV? Can you talk more about um, what your vision for that is and your goals and, and what have you done so far that's exciting? Oh, absolutely, I can <laughs> <laughs> and, and for a lot longer time than you and I have, of I know. course. Um, the, the way the media group came about was that Terry uh, Owen, who is the founder of Acumen TV, uh, said to me, he said, why, you know, why don't you have a channel on the network and with what you're doing with Kick Fanny? And I said, you know, that's a great idea. Let, let me do a channel. So I set about putting together um, some um, development ideas for a few business shows, thinking that I would work on developing something similar to a CNBC or an MSNBC, that type of thing, um, but with a different take on it, uh, where business owners and entrepreneurs were concerned. And we started working on that, and as time went on, one thing leads to another, and he said, why don't you just, you're so good at this, why don't you look at doing the acquisition and distribution on the independent side? So this is where we're really changing the paradigm for entertainment. So now if you're an independent filmmaker, you have to get an agent, and then you have to get a sales agent. And they take your production 
to one of the networks or many of the networks and they try to open the door and then it gets flown up the flagpole. And for instance, I was in a meeting in New York a few months ago with the head of independent programming for HBO. And a question was posed to him from the audience, from one of the filmmakers. It's how many projects have you looked at this year? Well, that was June. And in June, they had looked at 400 projects. So that seems like a lot or maybe not a lot. And another filmmaker in the room said, but the more important question is, is how many projects out of that 400 did HBO develop or take? And his answer was, we took two. Wow. So two out of 400 were even accepted. And then he said something that didn't surprise me, but yet did. He said, of course, we're totally redeveloping them. So that means that, and he said, they may or may not make it to air. That's fascinating. I know. So they took two projects out of 400. They're totally redeveloping what the independent filmmaker brought to them. So that it fits HBO's, you know, programming. And they, they may or may not still take it to air. So that's kind of, that's kind of daunting odds. Okay. If they sign a deal, what often happens if you're the creator of a show You'll get paid a small amount ahead of time. So maybe you have a book deal and you and you get some interest in your book by a filmmaker. You decide as an independent that, you know, you're going to let them have the rights to your book to make a film and then or a series. And now you're going to try to get an agent and an agent salesperson to then take it to to one of the major networks. What then happens is if they accept you, they may offer you, you know, as a first time independent, anywhere from twenty five thousand to, you know, to one hundred thousand dollars for your, you know, for your book, for your rights to your book. And that's what you get paid. Okay, if that project blows up and by blows up I mean becomes a boardwalk or a house of cards or any number of shows that have really you know taken off you're getting paid nothing else for that so the paradigm that we're changing is The funding is being raised and put in place to actually do the shows. And the creator is being given a percentage of ownership in that show because it is, you know, theirs. And then they are going to participate on the back end, which historically has been where most of the money is made. Right. And independents and show owners or show creators 
have not really had the access, we believe, as business people to the money that's actually made in the entertainment industry. Now, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a big picture in comparison to what the average person thinks about when they turn a movie on or they turn a television show on or a documentary or a talk show. Well, I can so Im- it's a- <laughs> I can imagine for the independent uh, filmmakers and content owners that this is really an exciting time for them because uh, and you and I have talked on many occasions about this, you know, there's so much great content out there and we have really strong relationships here on our end with a lot of great filmmakers and, and screenplay writers and they put out their content and there's no platform or no place for them to actually share it with the world. They put it on YouTube and they'll get, you know, a few hundreds, if not thousands of hits, but they've been distributed on maybe public access, but they don't have quote unquote the numbers that really uh, signal to those larger networks that, hey, it's worth investing in. So it really changes the game for these independent uh, filmmakers and content creators. Oh, it very, it very much changes the game because you're not even getting noticed or paid really for anything on YouTube until you hit 100,000. Mm-hmm. And that's 100,000 subscribers. Now, this is very interesting for any of the audience that posts on YouTube and think they're going to make, you know, millions of dollars. Now I'm not saying absolutely not saying that there are not content providers on YouTube that aren't making money because there are, but again, it's a relatively small percentage of, you know, of content providers that are making that kind of money on YouTube. Right. And it's, um, and it has a lot of variables. So I've recently heard that YouTube has changed that model from the click as, as part of the counting to they are now counting subscribers, wow. not how many people actually watch. So if you have a show that you have posted on YouTube and you've had 1,700 hits on it, they aren't looking at that 1,700 hits anymore. They're looking at how many subscribers your channel has. So if you have a subscriber base of 14 people, they're not even looking at you. That makes a big difference. Yeah, I don't care how good that content is. Right. So I'm looking, I'm out there looking for the diamonds in the rough. I was going to say, what what is your hope for these content developers and um, creators? Because, again, you know, especially because a lot of them do have powerful stories to share. What is your greatest hope for these independent programmers? Well, my greatest hope. Content creators, I should say. Right. I'm really looking for those people that have, and, and this is, these are the people that are doing deals for me. And every time I sit down with one of them. This is what I hear is I've been in this business for 20 years. I've been in this business for 30 years. I have a program that's coming over to Acumen as an original program. We're in the process of dotting those I's and crossing those T's on this particular program. This content provider 
<clears throat> excuse me, um, has over 40 shows that she's got on YouTube now. She has less than, I believe, if I remember correctly, 30 subscribers for her for her um, YouTube channel. She has won. Now, this is the crazy thing. She has won six film festivals. So how do you get your work out there as an independent? You take it to film festivals in hopes that somebody from a network will see it. That your, you know, that your agent or your sales agent will push it and it'll get picked up and get attention. So she has won six film festivals with this particular piece of content and doesn't have a deal yet and doesn't look like she's going to get a deal. Fascinating. And I saw it, absolutely fell in love with the concept with the quality of what they're doing. And I offered them a, a contract with us, a development contract. And the reason I did that is because I don't know for sure if she rolled the dice, she could be doing that show for another two, three years and not get anywhere with it or never get anywhere with it. Well, or maybe she'll have the lightning strike and, you know, yes, yeah, she's giving up the what if by coming with us. But over the long haul, we're looking at an audience when we launch in the fall of larger than Hulu, Netflix and HBO put together. And she's getting paid on the back end of every time someone clicks on and watches her show. That's fantastic. Well, uh, we can go on and on forever. I can't believe it's already been, you know, 40 plus minutes here with you because uh, this is so exciting. Go on. I know, but I tell you, I, I will say this. Thank you so much also um, for at least bringing on tea with Mali and giving us the opportunity here at the Store Community Network to really be a big part of um, your journey here with Acumen TV. So thank you for that. I didn't really announce that, but absolutely, uh, Tea with Mali is coming to uh, Acumen TV, and we are very excited about it. Um, really, just to take another two seconds, um, the reason I, I wanted you guys is because you definitely complement the channel that, that I'm doing with, with KF Media. Um, mine is more, you know, nuts and bolts business whereas yours is absolutely the heart and soul, and we need both. We need both to make this a better world. Well, we appreciate it, and we're excited to be a part of it. We're looking forward to going up to ITV uh, Fest uh, with you and with the, the crew, the big team, your entourage, and uh, being a part of that experience as well. What I would yep, like uh, to – go ahead. We have we have Brett Butler coming up. We have uh, Tamara Tooney coming up from uh, Law and Order SUV. Um, Chris Farrelly's oh, Bobby Farrelly, not Chris. Uh, Bobby Farrelly's coming up from um, uh, who is the writer, director, producer of uh, There's Something About Mary, and um, just some exciting, exciting folks joining us. Uh, what I would like to do is definitely have you. Um, 
share with our listeners how to reach you or learn more about uh, Acumen TV and what's happening because I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of great uh, content uh, developers and content creators who are going to be really wanting to have a conversation with you. So I'm, I'm, you know, if you're a content uh, creator, provider, uh, anyone in that independent realm, whether it's film, television series, shorts, documentaries, any number of, you know, of avenues. Um, definitely I am entertaining conversations and the difference between us right now at this, at this juncture is that you're not going to have to go through 30 people to get to me. You can email me at Deborah D E B R A at kick Fanny K A Excuse me, maybe I should give that to you correctly. K-I-C-K-F-A-N-N-I-E dot com. So Deborah, D-E-B-R-A at kickfanny, K-I-C-K-F-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Mm-hmm. And I will look forward to to connecting with you and and your ideas and having a discussion with you. That's great. Well, if there's anybody out there who um, has difficulty finding Deb Chandler, you can also reach out to uh, to me here and to us here at the SOAR Community Network. Um, we are also going to be looking for some great content producers and providers who are really doing the heart and soul of getting your message out there, changing the world in positive ways. So again, delighted to um, to get you connected to Deborah and to also speaking with you about your content. And let's go out there and do some great things for the entire world in terms of providing them with knowledge, information, as you were saying, Deb, literacy, um, to make a real huge uh, impact here. So thanks again so much for your time. Excited to be a part of your team, excited to come on board, and really just congratulations to the whole Acumen team and also the Kick Fanny Media Group because it's, uh, it's just the beginning, I'm sure. It's pretty overwhelming for you, but it's very exciting times, and well, congratulations. And I thank you, and I would say, you know, really appreciate you having me on, Molly. And I apologize to the audience. You can kind of tell by some of the whistles and stuff. We tried to turn everything off, be but the calls still keep coming in to me. So <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's a, a very. I turned two cell phones off and got on one, and at least my vice president of security didn't start barking. <laughs> That's right. Everybody have a great day, and I look forward to to working with the SOAR Community Network. Thank you, Deb. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. And everybody who's listening, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. We look forward to bringing you much more insights in the future, and we appreciate you for tuning in always. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.